0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple and the host of the Project Purple Podcast. We're back in the podcast studio and we've got a very special guest. We, I say that a lot, but this has... And I'm always honest when I say that, because I I love bringing everyone onto the podcast. I think they're all special, but this is a little sentimental for us. Before we hit record, Liam and I were talking about this, but today's guest with us here in the podcast studio via Zoom, coming to you on our YouTube channel, uh, Liam Holt. Liam, welcome back to the Project Purple podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I wicked appreciate it. Uh, The uh, work Project Purple has uh, set forth that I've observed and watching the other podcasts and keeping up on reading with it um i consider myself extremely extremely fortunate to um have come across you folks
0: well uh, as we were talking before we hit record just a bit catching up it's been some time it's been almost four years since you were on the podcast and we've had repeat guests on the podcast but you know i i had to dig back and i you know I know you and producer Sam have kind of stayed in contact. I mean, we follow each other on social media. I don't get to social media as much, so I don't see as much. Um, But Sam, you know, suggested that we reach back out, have you back on. And then, you know, going through like the episodes, I was like, all right, I know Liam was a while back, but then I had to scroll all the way... All the way, all the way, all the way back to the very beginning. And so you were (laughs) guest number 10. It was episode 10 of the Project Purple Podcast. For those that have not heard that episode, I highly recommend you go back and you listen to that episode because that really shares your story and in the beginning of your journey. But the wild thing, Liam, so here we are, almost four years fast forward and you're still here with us. And like I look back just thinking about it right now, I think you were either our first or second pancreatic cancer survivor that we've had on the podcast. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. Yep. I think I said before we hit record, this is going to be like episode 205, 206, early 200s. So from that time that we had you on originally to where we are today, we've had probably over 100 survivors on the podcast
1: that's outstanding.
0: So pretty amazing. You know, just thinking about that, you know, how many survivors have come on and shared their journey uh, about pancreatic cancer. And, you know, when we started the podcast, like I said, you were like the first or second survivor we had on. Like, I never envisioned we'd get that. I, I never envisioned the podcast would continue for four years, but also the I fact that- I never envisioned
1: I'd be here in four years.
0: <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? So there's just just such a cool backstory to why we why you're here today, and and uh, well, I'm gonna love this episode because we're gonna catch up on on the last four years of what you've been doing. I know you traveled a bit, uh, raising awareness with your dog Sunny, and you're yep. blogging on it and uh, going out to social media, and and so let's start, Liam, as is tradition here in the Project Purple podcast, as you know, to kind of share your backstory. I would say. Let's start where we left off at the last podcast, because I would love our listeners to really listen to the original episode. Yes, you are a pancreatic cancer survivor. You have gone through the journey. And let's pick up where we left off last, which was you know almost four years ago.
1: So uh, real quick synopsis, um, November 2nd, it would have been five years since I've been diagnosed. Um, November 2nd of 2017, I was told I had three months. And you know, what are you going to do? So uh, I says, hey, sign me up for anything you want to throw at me. Uh, doctors at Beth Israel uh, in uh, Boston did a great job. Um, I've had surgeries, treatments, all the night. Anybody who's going through this, they kind of get it, you know, Whipple. And I call it like a Whipple Plus. Well, while we're in here, let's take out all those other happy stuff, too. Uh, that part was tough. And uh, pretty much I was about a month after surgery, maybe two months, is when we had done our initial conversation and uh since then it has literally been a trip um at that point in time i had uh, in 2015 i started a company on my own myself and and another individual uh and so that first year after surgery it it, it was kind of tough um because you just don't have a lot of wind to you and and even though They give you the different medications and and, and you really try to push yourself to the next step like an awful, awful lot. Um, One of the things for myself personally that's helped me is to always have a good attitude. and, and, And I don't mean to be glib about things, which is what my doctor tells me. You know, Mr. Holt, you're awfully glib. And I'm like, well, hey, I'm still here. So I think I get a chance to be. Um, so, the most thing is, is, is having a good attitude. I, I definitely look at it as, you know, uh, uh, Sonny's crying because he wants to be
0: on screen too. Let's bring him on. Bring him on. Uh, <laughs> right,
1: I'll tell you what, I'll have him do a little bit of work for you. You just grab a tree care for him. Boys. Sonny? Ah? I love it. Ah? Nunyin, up here. That's his little brother. Stick him up. Good boy. Okay, boy. <laughs> there you go. Okay, son, up here. Up there. Move, Nunyin, move. There we go. But um, and and I and I oh, most of me still kicking around to my little black and white fluffy dog here, Sonny. But um, yeah, uh, you you really it's it's when it really hits you. You have to, as the saying goes, you got to act like the third monkey on Noah's Ark and it's starting to rain. You got to fight like hell. Um, and, and I found it's that uh, some of the downside of it is uh, you, you, you're glad to have a good support system, have people around you and whatnot. But when the topic of every conversation is how you're feeling, you kind of get tired of it after a while. It's like Hey, yeah, I'm feeling okay, you know, and w- which sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. Um, so, so that was pretty much a 2018 for me. I was just sticking to the bridge and getting on the mend. Um, and then a 2018 rolled around and I started getting sick again. Um, I was in the hospital for a couple of weeks and, you know, they weren't quite too sure what was wrong. Um, I didn't get pancreatic cancer again, but I ended up with, um, cancer of the endocrine system, hmm. uh, which isn't all that bad. I mean, it's bad, but it's not all that bad. It's so I've been going for a regimen of a once a month shot. It's a hormone treatment that kind of subsides it. And, uh, I've been doing okay with that. You get sick once in a while, but it's nothing. It's, it's, it's nothing like how it was initially, um, and uh, what i was doing was in the hospital one day um i can also proudly now say that sonny's actually a service dog now um nice. he had a hidden talent that i never knew about i've uh, never <laughs> owned a dog before and when i was at the hospital one of the times i met an individual who uh, trained service dogs and he says hey does your dog do anything weird and i've never had a dog before him and i'm like everything he does is weird so we kind of did a little bit of a study and come to find out that he was actually signaling me Letting me know I'm going to be sick before I realize I was I wasn't going to feel well. Wow. Um, it has something to do with the proteins in your blood and they can smell it or yeah. whatever the enzyme is. Yeah. Yes. And so um, I was like, oh, well, that's good to know. So when he stays to my left foot and lays down to the left and does this little thing, he's letting me know that I'm not going to feel well, which um, I have to admit is um, phenomenal to be able to sit and say okay if i don't start to chill out and go sit down i'm not going to be doing very well l- later on in that day because anybody else you know you push yourself and, and the line is how far do you bring that needle over before yeah. you before it's a detriment um so uh so find out his special skill and then the only other part i really had to do was um um public access training called pa training so He's not acting; he's not misbehaving in the public, you know, in public areas and whatnot. And whereas he's a, he's cute, small, fluffy. Um, usually, you think of the he had, he had the term service dog. You think of a rather rather larger animal, but uh, he does his job, and he and he does it well. I can't complain. Uh, so after I learned that, um, I was in the hospital one day, and I had met this one woman. And she, and she wasn't doing very well, unfortunately. And uh, whenever she had like a little thing that she always wanted to see and do, and so she wanted to go see this particular um, establishment down in New Jersey that a um, celebrity runs. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, you want to know what? I'm feeling pretty good. I haven't gone camping in forever. I'm going to take my dog camping and just do a little trip, take some pictures for it. would Just be something nice to do. Yeah. And, and to be honest, with you, I had." you and your organization in mind i'm like this is just kind of something nice you know bring a smile yeah and um and i did that and it went much better than i had expected uh got to do a little bit of video um with this woman and uh very 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 happy and the word kind of got out a little bit and the next thing i knew um i didn't come home for three months (laughs) Uh, i ended up we did a little over 130 bucket lists for people who couldn't wow. make it. Um, we've been to little kid's birthday parties. We've been, to, we actually went to a wedding. Um, let's try finding a tuxedo for a dog. That's tough. Uh, and, and we literally roamed the country for three months with no destination. My only rule that I had for anybody requesting me to go see somebody or go do something was if it's within 500 miles of me, or down the road, if I keep going west, I would do it. And we ended up hitting all 48 states, c- continental, um, and we got to see the most amazing things. Um, and, we, and we did some. And we and we did it in a Mini Cooper and a tent. <laughs> I, 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 a, very, a very old Mini. Cooper. Excuse me. But, excuse me for a minute. Squirrel walked by. Oh, Of
0: course. It's okay. Um,
1: but, 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 uh, it's, so it took us about three months, went a little over 14,000 miles. Um, we've slept under bridges with homeless people. Uh, we've stayed with people who have multi million dollar mansions. And we literally just went along. Um, I tried to stay off the beaten path of major cities and whatnot to, to really see the country. Yeah um and to really talk to people because uh i i found myself and i don't know if you found this but personally it's the less affluent people in the country that have the hardest time i mean if, if you have money look if you're sick you're sick mm-hmm. no matter how much money you have it doesn't help but you know um uh, uh as anybody who's listening to this i'm sure everyone's familiar with you know creon you know it's kind of like oh got take your creon um there are a lot of people I've met out there that have they had pancreatic cancer and they can't afford creon. Uh so I was like, hey, you know what? Take mine. I've got insurance, I'll put in for another bottle. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um and, and there are a couple of individuals it's that I met. It's it's just it, it just ripped my heart out. But I found that talking to people and listening to their stories. And I don't go too much into mine, but you, but they have a point of reference. It's a lot easier to talk to a stranger and to somebody that, you know, that you can keep in touch with if you want, but they're not going to be haranguing you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we spent three months doing that. We've seen the most amazing things. Um, I, I I have to admit, I never thought think I'd walk across the continent divide and sleep on top of a volcano. Um, so doing everybody else's errands for them, um, I I, I got to experience the most, uh, the best gift ever, 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 ever. And so I, I have to thank you and Project Purple for that. But kind of give me that motivation to, see, you know, um, when you first start off, you don't really think about it. But then a week goes by. And then two weeks go by. And then, you know, you're in the middle of, you know. The forest with nothing around you for miles and so you get a lot of time to sit and think. Mm. Uh, but but uh, I uh, so that's how Sonny got his public access training. Um, he didn't have much of a choice. It was training 24 seven for three, four months straight. Uh, so we've done it and we've seen it all and spoken to 1000s of people. Uh, and, and, and I have to admit that that was phenomenal. Uh, But with every high note, there's always a low note. Uh, As I went off on my little excursion, um, I found out is that one of the people that I was invested in business with uh, didn't think I was ever coming back. They thought this was my final trip. So by the time I got back home, after about six months, I started reviewing the books. Um, There was an awful lot of money missing. (laughs) And the explanation I got was, I didn't think you were going to still be alive today. Hmm. Uh, was like, okay, thanks. So, Nisa, to I disbanded that, um, went off on my own, um, started up uh, another company. I actually took all the IP, um, invested with a, another end entity. So, you know, you're still going to make a living. But uh, now it's getting to the point to, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, I will no longer have to work. And I'll still get a paycheck and I can uh, sp- spend more of my time doing work like you do. Uh, you know, cause it, it really is, it, it's, it's hard for a lot of people. And as you all know, you know, you've got a family, you've got a sick person who's affected by really any cancer. I mean, they're all, yeah, horrible, they're all horrible, horrible, um, pancreatic, I've got a little soft spot for, or, or a little extra space for now. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's it, any organization, it's really tough doing the one-on-ones. It, it, it's to where you could just focus on one or two people mm-hmm. who need help. Uh, it, so I've kind of gone down that path a little bit with a little bit of a different twist. It's whereas um, I never understood what it's meant to have a dog. And it's a really weird bond. I, I, I I like my dogs way better than most folks.
0: Uh, <laughs> I've got two dogs, Sunny. Uh, I was gonna say Sunny, oh, Liam. Yeah, I I understand what you mean, man. Some days I don't even want to see my family. I just want to chill with my dogs. Uh, yeah,
1: it's the best. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're they're awesome. So I, I just want to jump in here, and, and just yeah. for the audience, so we know here, you keep saying we. It was you and Sonny. So you yeah. and, you and the dog the whole time for three months. So. I, I've got so many questions here, and I want, I want to jump in here and, and ask a bit. First of all, uh, man, to say I'd be jealous is is probably an understatement, but until I started Project Purple, I I, I mean, I traveled a little bit because when I was in the financial service business, I traveled a bit, but when we started Project Purple and we started doing events all over the country... I mean, I was working, um, so I didn't see... I, I've I've been to a lot of places around the country for work. Right. And it is really special to meet people. And unfortunately for me, a lot of times when I'm going to events, I'm meeting families that have been impacted by it, right? But those, pam- th- those families... And I'm also meeting people that are going through it a lot of times prior to p- the pandemic in person, right? And that was something that... I, when you said that... Man, it, it just like hit home with me because I I think everyone, and uh, maybe my two boys. I've got two boys, sixteen and eighteen. Hopefully, they're listening, or maybe they'll listen to this at some point. I hope they do travel because I I think the country, you know, we're we're in a really. Depending on if you watch enough news, you know, you can really go down a, a quick rabbit hole. But there's there's faith and there's human there's, there's humanity everywhere. You just got to be able to, to open your eyes and, and talk to people, like you said, and find it. Because there's there's pretty amazing people all over the country. And, and it, that's something that, you know, for me, here in New England, I grew up in Connecticut, went to college in Rhode Island, lived in Boston for a year, then came back to Connecticut. I've always lived in this area. It's what I know. And when I was given the opportunity, again, for work to go and travel and meet families and meet different people from different cultures, different backgrounds... It is just so amazing, right? And it opens your eyes up, you know, and and to your point, like you, you really see certain people struggle with certain things that I think we take advantage of, you know, not advantage of, but we take for granted, I guess you would say, right? Like Huge. Ha- having, you know, here in New England, I mean, not everyone, but for the most part, everyone's within an hour, hour and a half to a major cancer center, right? I mean, yes. I guess you can go up to Maine, and, and some people in Maine it does take them a, a while, or northern New Hampshire, northern Vermont. But again, they can get probably to a, a major cancer center. But there's some parts of the country, man. It could be eight, nine hours. You know. Oh,
1: I, I was blown. I was blown away by by um that. It's as when you start to get into, you know, most shocking thing. You know, I I blew up like nine, ten states. That I went through, and it's like, oh, that was only like two weeks. Yeah, you know. But then you start to get out west. Yeah, and it's you know. Then you realize it's going to Texas is three times the size of New England.
0: I know. I know. Your- but when you look on a map, you don't think about it. No. 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 So, yeah, it's, I think we take some things for granted, and I think being on the road, and clearly the other thing too. I, I, I think. Maybe this is human nature. We just sit in our, uh, I wouldn't say sit in our bubbles, but we're in our bubbles, right? In terms of what we do in our lives and like where we shop, where we go to eat, where we get takeout. And then to be out of that element and to see how other people struggle or see what other people do is really a humbling. And, and that's like really like you you really dive deep into humanity, right? Like you you see it's as real as it gets. Amazing, And I don't think... You know, and the, the, probably the powers to be, I'm not, I'm not going to, maybe I'll sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist here, but maybe the powers to be, you know, what you see on social media is really not what, is never like what life is truly depicted as or how it, how it, how it is. And until you go out and you live that and you, you have conversations with people, like you said, you were fortunate to have insurance, to be able to have your medication, but there's a lot of people in this country That struggle with that, you know, they get even if they are able to get a whipple, yeah, even if they're able to get a whipple, you know, they still struggle with that aftercare and having basic needs. Which I I think, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like we think, like I mean, look at now, like we we had a look at toilet paper. We had a shortage of toilet paper, and people were losing their minds. Right, baby formula. Look, we can't even get baby formula right here in this country, right? And so, and moms and dads rightly so. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not, it's not wrong, but losing their minds. Now think of that. Like if you're a cancer patient and you're able to get surgery, but then you can't get the medication that will keep you alive or keep you from not going backwards. This hap- This hap- This happens without any shortages, right? Like there's people in this country every day. every day that are doing this. And I think that's like the thing that we we don't I don't know. We don't, we don't have these conversations. I mean, we, we, we try to talk about that. That's why I feel like everyone should have access to quality care regardless of where you live. And I've said this on the podcast and I'll say it again. Like if there's someone somewhere that needs to get into MD Anderson, Memorial Sloan Kittering, Mayo, Mass General, Dana Farber, Yale, yeah. whatever facility, UCLA, whatever facility they want to go to that they feel is the best in the country or in the world, we'll help try to facilitate that. If there's a will, there's a way. Right. Um, but I I think that's a hard thing to say to someone in rural Colorado or rural Texas or rural Kansas that, you know, again, doesn't have the means or doesn't have, doesn't know that there's resources out there.
1: A a perfect example. Um, okay. I, 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 spent quite a bit of time in Montana. Um,
0: Beautiful state, never been there, but I hear beautiful, it is, absolutely gorgeous.
1: There's more people in Hartford than yeah, there is in uh, the whole state of freaking Montana. Yeah, yeah, uh, but but I mean, if someone has a serious medical affliction, you know, th- their best bet is to go to Washington State or yeah. to Northern California. Correct. Uh, you, you know, I mean, uh, and and Oregon has some nice facilities too. I yeah. mean, they all have hospitals and stuff, but to really Focus in in on that. It it it, it is amazing. It, it's as I and by the way, uh, on a side note, I saw. I strongly say I was very, very fortunate. It was 2019 when I traveled the country. I got to see. I did, like you in my in my old corporate jobs. I've traveled the world. I've been to almost every continent. Um, spent a couple of weeks there. But you're working. You, you know, so you really don't have a lot of free time, even if you're there for like two weeks, you don't get to see the country per se. Um, I got to see America, how America really, really is before all the COVID and all this craziness stuff happens. Um and um I I, I went to try to do it again in 2020, but every state was telling me don't bother coming. First it was due to uh you know COVID restrictions, but then that lifted and then it was because A lot of states, they were like, nope, don't bother coming because they had a lot of civil disobedience problems with riots and things of that nature. And they are saying, it really won't be too safe for you. Even though I don't go to big cities, but the travel is kind of done. So um, this summer, uh, I'm definitely taking, I won't be gone for three months, but I'll be going like at a month, branch out a little bit and come Mm home. Uh, But I, I strongly suggest, if anybody has the wherewithal to go up and do that, I, I I literally have no reason to see any other country in the world after what I've seen. What's right here at at home, uh, and and it, and it blows your mind. People say, "Oh, the Grand Canyon," uh, you know, oh, there's this," or there's that." There's the Redwood Forest. It's like, yep, it is, and it's amazing. It's phenomenal. Yeah. But then um, you find these little places. In the middle of uh, one place, they found in uh, Grape Land, Texas. This is a campground, and, uh, and uh, you know. And to be honest with you, I, I got lost. That's how I found it. Uh, you know, uh, and you get you also have to get used to navigating without a cell phone. Um,
0: <laughs> how do we do that? What people did that? People did that before the the cell phone.
1: <laughs> I had a hard time trying to find a place to buy a map. Yeah, nah. <laughs> you actually need a map. Yeah. But uh, it, it, it was this, um, the man who owned it, he used to move buildings for a living. And he had a bunch of property. And people would say, hey, look, if you just take the building, you can have it. So I put it on his property. Well, they're from the late, they're from like the early 1900s. Wow. He made this a giant campground out of it. And this young couple bought it with six kids. And I stumbled across it. Place was amazing, and and to see, like you say, the difference in how people live. Here's this couple; they have this campground. The place is gorgeous. You see, they really worked hard on it. And I needed a little adapter to plug in whatever I had. And uh, and six year old little boy comes driving up in a golf cart with a two year old boy in diapers next to me. He goes, Mister, my mom said you needed one of these. And I'm like, Oh, how much are you? He goes. No, you want to hear for a few days. Y'all just give it back when you're done. Okay, that doesn't happen up this way. No, it's like if I bought it for five. Okay, I'll sell it to you for ten. Ten, yeah. Uh, you know, when I was stopped to put air in my tires, the woman in the store at the little country store I was at, she says, "Well, if you go over to John's place two blocks down, you don't get to pay the twenty-five cents." I'm like, <laughs> it, it, just the generosity of of of, of our people through the country. It, Blows me away when you go from living in a more urban area than yeah. when you're out in the middle of um in the in the middle of uh, nowhere. And, and like I always try to tell people, I've met and people you didn't think you would run into uh, that have had cancer, pancreatic cancer, or a family member of theirs. uh and just tell their story, and, and um, and I'm sure you have amassed thousands and thousands of stories. Some great, some inspirational, and some of them are pretty sad. Yeah, you, 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 you know, but I, I, I have a firm belief is, uh, if you can bring a smile to someone's face once a day, it's, it's giving you that next step. You know, like, and I've, oh, I use your, your, your guys' slogan all the time. What's your why? Why do you get up in the morning? Why do you fight another day? And it doesn't have to be because I love my family or for this individual, individual person. A, a, a big thing of the you know what's your why is why why because you want to because you have to you 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 know it it, it's until yourself as an individual can say well okay i've had enough and and, um and unfortunately for a lot of folks you know it it, it's a horrible disease it's to it okay like you're ready And, and and it's when you're ready more power to you and that now becomes your why why well because i'm ready i'm tired and 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 i know my family's loved and safe and my loved ones and uh and i think it kind of helps people a little bit Or, or or maybe i'm doing something wicked wrong when people talk to me it's like there's there's nothing wrong with saying that you're done it's 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 okay you know um it's it's and I've told people before. It's, it's just like for myself, I was sad for like a long time when I thought my timeline was short. And I realize it's like I'm feeling bad for myself. Okay, I I get that. But then you start to think about the people who you love, and you feel bad for them. But then again, it's it's once you pass on to whichever endeavor is next. Um, you the person you're not sad anymore and, and 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 the people who are left behind they're sad because you're gone but they're more sad for themselves because they don't have you anymore and it's like no you shouldn't be and, and people are like well what do you mean you shouldn't be sad that you lost whomever it is special to you um, there's no more pain there's no more suffering and and, and, you should, and I always say hey You know, think about the happy, the fun times. Um, There have been a few times where I've gotten pretty sick over the, and it happens to everybody, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you, you just go through a bad run. And, uh, and, and there's, you know, this may sound morbid, but my, my, uh, my friend, um, who actually lives only about a mile and a half down the road from me, I've known for many, many years, we actually ended up going into business together. Um, great, great family. Um, Last year I wasn't doing too hot, and I says, "Well, let's have a funeral. I want to go to my own funeral. Why not? Uh, We did. We didn't do it because I started feeling a lot better. Uh, Knock on wood. But but it's like people always try to find the good in some in something. You know, for folks who are out there sick now, well, there's no good of this. Yes, there is. You've brought your family closer. People you haven't spoken to." two or three years all of a sudden call you up hey i heard what's going on how are you doing so you're actually bringing people together Mm. by your illness so that that's a good thing um not that you're sick but it's a good thing that you know there's a commonality there Mm -hmm. for people to branch out
0: it's powerful to say that i mean I've never had cancer right I've interviewed a lot of survivors right met a lot of families but what you just said is pretty profound because I, I don't know if I've heard that often where people look at that and and I go back to mindset though and what you said before you know you said something about attitude right and that shift of that attitude so for the audience for myself, Given the experience you've had from the very beginning, from when you were diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, can you look back? And this is a hard question, but can you look back and is there a tipping point where that attitude shift happened? And you've mentioned a lot in the sense that, you know, hey, you, you know, not only did you ha- have this cancer diagnosis, you've kind of ins and outs of being healthy. You mentioned when you went traveling, your partner thought you were gone never coming back and you know spent a lot of money which I, yeah. you know it's traumatic in itself both physically mentally emotionally and all together and then you mentioned you know even last year how you know you were planning your own funeral right yeah. because you were you were that so but, so where where along that or maybe it was even before this was that Tipping point or that that point where you realize, like, hey, like this is how I gotta be, and this is how it's gonna be. And you know, versus kind of saying, like, hey, you know what? I'm sick. Okay, yeah. this is it, I'm done. All right. Call the I, funeral I, home.
1: I can tell you the exact moment to where that switch flipped. Um after I and I don't believe I on lost last interview, I don't believe I bought this up. It was still a pretty fresh wound. Um it was a week after I got home from surgery, and it was about a week before Christmas. And at that point in time, my um, other wife, who we were together for about 14 years, uh, she had um, two children, raised them, went to private school, life was good, the whole nine yards. And after me being home four or five days before Christmas, she told me, I didn't sign up for cancer, I'm leaving you. Okay. And now here, here I am laying on the couch, can't walk, tubes hanging out of me, and that's when I realized it's that when you think things can't get any worse, wait a day, it can get worse. And for about two weeks or so, I, I will admit I was I was devastated. Great. I've gone through this. I've got cancer. I made it through surgery. And I'm finally out my world as I know it has now completely been decimated. Um, and that's when I made a conscious decision. Do you just roll over and take it? And um, it's something my mother's always told me. Uh, my parents, you know, World War II people, old man fought in World War II. Mother was, so you know, they were born in the in the mid-20s. Um, And uh, one of her things was says, you know what? The best revenge is a happy life. And at that point is when I decided. I'm going to be happy if it freaking kills me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm going to be happy if it makes me miserable, (laughs) you know, almost almost to that extent. And, And 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 at that point is when I really decided it's like. Well, what makes me the happiest? Mm. What makes me happy? You, you know and what makes me happy is seeing other people happy. Seeing other people have a smile, have a laugh to, to, to ease their main from ease their mind from their worries for even if it's just like you want know a really good laugh or a kind gesture, kind gesture to, to somebody can really change their outset for the entire day which makes tomorrow a better day. And so as I went through and I had that mindset and as I traveled the country, just being nice and helping people and talking to people, it made me feel good. I was glad I was able to help people and things like that. You you know, Um, so in one sense, it's kind of selfish because I was doing it to make me happy, making other people happy. But But I have to say that at this stage in my life, you, you know, um, I keep a modest lifestyle. Um, I'm not going to be jetting around. If, if if I want to, I can, but I, that's not what I want. I'm still driving a my 20 year old little green beat up Mini Cooper. <laughs> now it's got sentimental value. It's it's Sonny's car. Um, it's still whipping along, and and by the time I got to get another one, whenever that may be, uh, it's going to be another little Mini Cooper. Well, was a little bit bigger because I get two dogs now. <laughs> um, and, and, and I'm going to putt around, you know, with my dorky dogs who are trained in Klingon. I know I told you that they're trained in the Klingon language. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and and that's what makes me happy. It's so really for anybody who's not feeling well and for family members, too. You'd be really, really surprised how much of a motivation that can be in having a good attitude. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a huge difference. You know, sometimes it makes you a little cynical about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm not going to lie. You know, I've uh, been up on the ninth floor, and that's where they give you your chemo and your treatments, yeah. all this, all good stuff. And you see a lot of people that, and they're miserable. And and I understand it. You're sick. You don't feel good. They're putting this crap into you again. You know you're going to feel like crap after you get your treatments. But you want to know what? A good joke or a funny story or maybe even something to where someone can just smile a little bit and feel a little bit of comfort. It makes tomorrow better. And you're just going to do that once a day. It's it's whether somebody is is sick or not. If you do something once a day, to make somebody give you a little smile. It makes their day a little bit better, and it will eventually make it down the. Eventually, make it down the road. I hope.
0: And it doesn't cost you anything to be nice.
1: No, no, it, 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 being a decent human's free. you, you, you know. And, and excuse my language. Um, I think being an asshole is the most expensive thing there is out there. Yeah, yeah. not just on monetary value, but with personal relationships, and and and. And how people treat you, and how people perceive you,
0: doesn't cost you anything to no. be nice. Uh, I wish more people would take that to heed and to you know doing that. But um, yeah, that's a that's another podcast for another day to try to convince oh, hey, look, the world. I'll, I'll,
1: right? I'll, I'll be perfectly frank. There are people who knew me from ten years ago, and in a million years they would never think that I would be the way I am today. I'll admit I was one of those kind of, I was okay. I was a nice guy, but yeah, I was one of those people, you know, you know, what's the most important thing. You got to have a bigger house. You got to have a shiny boat. You know, you got to get the new tires for your car. None of all yeah. that stuff is garbage.
0: None of it, it matters when you're sick. It doesn't matter. Pancreatic cancer doesn't care. It's uh, it doesn't care no. your sex, your age, your orientation, your race, your wealth, uh, where you where do you go to church, where you went to college, uh, what you drive, what you eat, does not matter, man. Um, pretty powerful statement, Liam. I, I got a couple questions here that have come up, and I've been taking notes uh, as we've been talking here. One on your on your on your travels. Again, it's just so cool that you did that. If we look back over the three months that you were away, and this is a this is gonna be a little all my questions you know are loaded. They're never sure easy. On. Was there one person that you met that just really left a lasting impression on you and why?
1: There were a couple of them, but I would say I was actually I was uh actually in Texas at that little campground mm. and uh I met four individuals they were uh, they were from louisiana and they were linemen uh so they followed the high power wires of them. Mm-hmm. all young kids um and and in all reality um and I'll send you a picture if you want to post it um you thought they were all kid rocks brothers <laughs> you know it, it, you know the long hair, long hair you know head banging type of stuff you know and and here I am wearing Hawaiian shirts, a fluffy dog and a Mini Cooper. Yeah. And, a, and rolling and up Yeah. And they're like, uh, y'all, he ain't gonna be speaking to us. <laughs> and after, after I was there for like two days, I started talking to him. And uh one night I walked on down, they were in the little cabin and was shooting the breeze. And uh and this one young man started telling me, you know, it's sort of, well, what are you doing? I kinda of told him what I'm doing about Punch Purple and the whole thing. And he starts telling me the story about his father, who had um himself when he was 11 years old um and 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 it was hard you know and now like and, and he had two of his brothers and a buddy of his and now you know all bunch we're, of we're, we're all crying and we're all talking and you know I, I try to lighten up with a little bit of humor whether it's dark humor or whatnot if a jokes a joke and uh one of the guys that he, he was on a mo on a mo- on a motorcycle and he says, and after we talked for a couple hours, it's late. I said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go crash out. And he says to me, uh, he goes, hey, mister. I said, yeah. He goes, you got anything personal on you? I'm like, like, I don't understand. He goes, you yeah, know, like, something like personal. He goes, I, I'd really like to remember this night. And I didn't have anything that I thought was overly personal. And I said, oh, yeah, I don't know, you know. And, and and I walked back up to my tent. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm getting ready to go to bed and I, and I realized in my wallet. Um, I don't know if you know what this is. Do you know what scapular is? It's it it's to the Catholic faith. It's supposed to keep yeah. you safe. Yeah, like, the little green thing. In the Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. It has oh. that. Yeah, yeah.
1: It, so um, I had that, and I've had that in my wallet since I was 16 years old. Hmm. Um, I went into the service. I had my 17th birthday in basic training, and before I left, my aunt on my father's side gave it to me. Says, Liam, this is, this is to protect you. Mm-hmm. And I've had that in my wallet since, well, I'm 56 now. So, but I took, took that out and I was like, and, 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 and he had cancer, you know, but he's still climbing the high wires, you, you know, very much different world. If you can't work, you don't get paid. You can't pay. You can't get cancer treatments. He was a really, really nice guy. And I walked back down the hill and I says, here. And I told him a story behind it. And, uh, at that point he had reached down and, uh, on his motorcycle, uh, do you know what a gremlin bell is? It's a little bell and, um, here you go. his one. Oh,
0: it's yeah. a little bell yeah, yeah.
1: and just little, and what it does is it's, it's supposed to bring you good luck if, if you're a biker and, um, his uncle who was a preacher gave him his. And it's supposed to be a gift, you know. you not to go and buy you. I don't know all the rules. And he says, "I want you to do me a favor." And he says, "Sure. What's that?" He goes, "I know I'm never going to make it to um, Sturgis Bike Week. He goes, I know I'm never going to make now. Sturgis is just a huge yeah, motorcycle." Yeah, a huge
0: motorcycle that. in North Dakota. Is it North yeah. or South Dakota? North Dakota.
1: No, it's it's, it's uh it's not far from um, Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And, and all that good stuff. It's
0: like the largest gathering of motorcycle enthusiasts in the world.
1: Yes, it's it's you got to check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's like
0: two. Yeah. Mi- I think like it's I insane. Think, during COVID, they held it, and I think there was even during COVID, it was like record, like two million people. I mean, millions of people come in, yeah, like bikes yeah. nonstop down Main yeah. Street, down the strip. They have all sorts of competitions, and I've seen a lot of videos on it.
1: It's insane. He says, I've always wanted to go and never make it. He goes, Could you make sure my bell makes it? And he gave me his bell. And I clipped it on Sunny's vest. And I says, Okay, I'll make sure I go through Sturgis as I go on my journey. Hmm. So mind you, you know, about a month and a half goes by. And I I actually was there for the official Sturgis bike week bike in the week? middle of everything. Wow. So I come showing up, to pull up on my little green, floofy Mini Cooper with my floofy dog. And uh, two days before that, I lost his leash. I had to buy one at like a Dollar General that was pink. So I got a dog with a pink collar. I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt, pulling up in a Mini Cooper. First time I'm getting in my car, two cops grab me he says, you know where you are? <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. Um, Sonny say my aunt, he's the main attraction and i took many many pictures uh which i couldn't post online <laughs> um of his belt all over the place and that i mailed him his picture and his bell back wow and i uh, and, and i and i didn't get that back out to him i i got home like at the end of august so it was well towards the end of september and I, and I mailed all the pictures and the bell back to him and a few months later that's why i actually have this he sent me a bell to have of my own. Wow. And, 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 uh, and, uh, unfortunately, he's not, he, he, uh, didn't make it, but I, it was, um, to see how those boys pulled together. They had each other's back. Um, and I've, and one of them I still keep, the, the, uh, youngest boy I still keep in contact with. Um, But the three of them kept on doing that high wire work to make sure he could be at home be taken care of and 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 i think am like quite a bit uh and actually it's that really after all that and and i wasn't asked for anything it was just the nicest thing for him to send me a gremlin belt you know and um for somebody who was that sick bedridden to think it it, it, it it like crushes your freaking heart, you know and, it's, and so um it's so him doing that I says hey I've gotta go on more trips I gotta do this but then like I say you know 20 and 21 you really couldn't travel. Yeah uh, we're in 22 so I'll, I'll be doing a little bit of traveling and um and, and and I'm hoping is that I can make my way back down to wherever they are chasing the wires and catch up with those guys. And he also wants to see, see the Grand Canyon. So I made sure I would uh, I, uh, but I would say it's that, that 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 young man really, really touched me, you know, and, and, and when I say, you know, uh, kid rocks cousins, yeah. like for real, like for real, for real, for real. Um, but, but that young man really, really touched me because here's a guy grew up with nothing. And, and uh, you know, people like us who live in urban areas, we think we grew up with nothing. Yeah, these guys. It's, I mean, like nothing. <laughs> you, you you know, and 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 to have to and to welcome in a damn Yankee into where their campsite is and have a drink and eat some food and tell stories and laugh. It, it's 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 a huge dichotomy of cultures. Yeah. It, it was just like mind blowing, and um, and, uh, and 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 I'm glad that they have that little scapula, and I'm glad I was able to to where he enjoyed enough to where he says I gotta send him a bell, and I know it's a you know it's a silly little bell, but uh, I keep it on Sonny's vest, and when we outside going for a walk or whatnot, I hear that little tinkle, and it uh, always reminds me, yeah, you know, I don't believe I'm choking up over this you suck um, <laughs> excuse me um, it's pretty
0: uh, it's pretty powerful stuff and uh, that's a pretty special story Liam I don't know if um you know as i look back at, at your your arc you know i don't know how many people who have gone through what you've gone through can can say they've had that kind of experience and i, I you,
1: find it to be amazing yeah I'm amazing. uh, One of the things that threw me off a lot, especially when you get towards the Bible belt, um, I was born and raised Catholic, Mm -hmm. and everyone has whatever belief in foundation, or you do or don't believe, what, it doesn't really matter. Um, Was at a rest area, and I'm playing ball with Stunny and I met this family, uh, mother, father, and four children. And they say, you know, can I pet your dog up yeah, and let them kids play with the dog a little bit, throw them the ball. We start talking, uh, let them know what I'm doing, tumble we'll punch purple. And, uh, English was a little bit broken. So, you know, and, uh, and I, I thought I heard them say, well, we will pray for you. And I was like, well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And at that point, everyone grabbed hands in my hands and we all started praying, um, which I wasn't, I was unprepared for, and, and so he starts to say a a uh, the uh, Lord's Prayer, and, and in his translation, and, and, and he says, "I'm sorry, I'm trying to translate it to English." And I, you know, I when I says, "Well, when you pray alone, do you pray in English?" He says, "No." I says, "I'm sure he still understands you. Go for it." Uh, but I, a lot of encounters like like that. Um, you know, I, I I will say, you know, I'm I'm not overly spiritual or religious. Um, I guess up around here is folks like me. You call Catholic light <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: drive through. You go through the drive
1: through exactly. You, you, you know, but but it, it it really changes the way you. I went to a preacher's house for dinner one night, um, which blew me away. He came out of the kitchen. He had a side a side on. Well, you are in Texas. Uh, a, a, pre- a, a preacher with a six shooter. I'm like, I love this country.
0: Uh, <laughs> Sign but, me up. Let's go to uh, his church.
1: Uh, uh, he was awesome. He, and, and he had the, he had the, he had Jerry Don. The I name's mean, Jerry Don. I was like, yeah, outstanding. But, but uh, it, it was, it was, I suggest to anybody, if you can, and even if you're going to do well, and if you are sick, if you could take a couple weeks, in between treatments or or what or whatnot. Literally throw a dot at a map of the country and just go go there and check it out. Yeah it, it's it's the most uplifting and 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 um and you'd be surprised how much everybody helps you with their stories and how much you help people with your story and sharing other people's stories.
0: It's powerful. I got two questions left for you here. You betcha. And on that note, that you were just saying, uh, you gave you gave a bit of advice. But here's my first question for you. Now, given what we went through from the previous podcast, where it was the original start of that journey of of actually fighting the pancreatic cancer, going through the Whipple, going through the, the treatments, and then what you experienced over the last four years of the traveling and seeing people and and seeing other parts of the country. If you had to pick one thing. Or not one thing, but let's say someone came to you today and is battling pancreatic cancer. What would be your advice to them? It could be someone listening or watching this on YouTube or maybe someone in your local neighborhood that reached out to you. Well, one
1: is, and and I don't know a lot of, I don't know if people say this or not, but there's one thing that I found is that it's very easy, easy because you feel a like crap like a lot and 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 you and you become you don't realize it but you become um you become bitter just in, ge- in general not towards a particular person or thing or whatnot you just become you know you, you, myself you get tired of people asking you every time you see them oh how you feeling it's like if i was feeling crappy i wouldn't be here uh, <laughs> you know i'd be at home uh it, it, it's 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 And so I found my, myself that it's kind of like, I haven't heard from you for, for two years. of so why are you getting in touch with me now? You know, uh, but in all reality, if you turn around, if someone's going through this now, um, it's very, very hard for you. But it's also very, very hard for the people around you, you know? And, and, and it's not an easy thing, but um really try to, Everyone's trying to console you as the as the person who's sick. Flip the switch, console the people who are trying to help you. And you'd be surprised on how much a little bit more of a pep in your step that that gives you. And, and it's like I say, um, even my doctors say attitude. And having a good, positive attitude. You know, they said, I'll be honest with you, they're still saying, I don't know why you're doing so good. That's outstanding, uh, you, you know, which, hey, I am glad, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, but but I would say that uh, it's, it's not easy to have a good attitude. You know, you get, you're sick, you're throwing up, you're in the hospital, you can do what you want. But the people surrounding you who love you are trying to help you. It, it It's easy to get snippy and short with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so don't. Don't. It, 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 it's, it's it's as my mother would say, pull up your boots and march, for Christ's sakes. Don't be a baby. Now, you're allowed to be a baby when you're sick, especially with uh, pancreatic cancer. But you really find it's that, and it's not easy, but keeping a good attitude and always remember it could be worse.
0: Powerful stuff. Liam, my last question for you. Yep. Again, given your journey, mm-hmm. and there's no right or wrong to this answer or to this question, but it's your answer. What's your definition? How do you define the term pancreatic cancer? Wow.
1: Geez, you really do. Good. <laughs> Hats off to you on that one, man. In one word,
0: It could be a sentence. It could be a paragraph. It's just your definition. There's no right or wrong to it, but given your experience and your journey, what's your definition of it?
1: A once in a lifetime experience. Use it wisely.
0: It's powerful, man.
1: That's exactly what sums it up because it truly is. It's a once in a lifetime experience and use it wisely. You can use it for good. Or you can let it use you for bad. Wow, Liam, I'm surprised I had that in me.
0: <laughs> that was uh, that was pretty profound there. If our audience listening uh, wants to follow, I know you're on social, posting yep. pictures about your journey. Um, or if someone who's listening that just got diagnosed and wants to reach out to you, where's the best place for people to connect with you?
1: Um, you can shoot me at email. At smilesforsunny at gmail.com. And that's S M I L E S F O R S O N N Y. And there's also a Smiles for Sunny Facebook page. And, um, and, 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 uh, nothing to like what you're doing. A little bit of a shameless plug here. I actually, I'm now registered and fully set. I actually have a little small nonprofit. Uh, we do nothing on the magnitude that you do. <laughs> We're more, they we are one on one. You know, if somebody has a little bucket list that they wanna do, I'll go out and do the fundraising. I also have uh, like four or five folks that work with me to help doing fundraising. You know, you want your, do you make a wish trip? We'll go off and we'll raise the money for you. Uh, and one of the things is that if you have people, um, and like I said, I never knew this until I had a dog. Uh, my biggest worry is that if I know my time's coming is what's gonna to happen to my dogs. My son would take it. We'd so be more than happy to, but you know, like, yeah, mom, I'll take your dog. Yeah. Okay. That, that's one thing. Um, I'll find a person to volunteer to take your animal. You get to meet them first. If you don't like them, they don't go with them. And I will guarantee personally guarantee it's that your dog will never go into a shelter because I will personally take that dog myself. till I find it a good home.
0: It's awesome. Awesome stuff.
1: So that's kind of the the uh, the uh, that's it in, in, in a uh, nutshell.
0: Awesome, Liam. Thank you for once again sharing your journey with us here on the Project Purple podcast. Thank you. I have a no hair. so I have an open invitation to you to come back in four years if we are still doing this podcast. Well, I, I was
1: going to say hey, and 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 uh, I I I hope to be here in four. Uh, no, I will be here in four years. I love and it. So if I make it four years, damn well, you guys better too. At least I have an excuse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Liam, thank you once again for being on the Project Purple podcast. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share this episode. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you watch us on YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, share this video. Liam, It's been an honor living a happy life here on the Project Purple Podcast.
1: You You know, thank you very much, And thank you to cm too. Um, Watching your stories and following you along, it's given me the push to be happy.
0: Awesome. That's a wrap of another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. Be safe. And until next time, thanks for listening.